BetMGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goodykin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Ryan Horvath and Nick Ashew again tonight. A football Friday, my friend. Week 17 of the NFL continues. Oh, yeah. Bowl games, NBA, college basketball, you name it, we got it. There's also hockey if you're into that sort of thing, of course. Right, Scott Lynn. He's, that's the hockey guy right over. Yeah, you're the hockey yeah, guy. Yeah, you know. it's, it's definitely on tonight, just not on... Uh, <laughs> Betting on hockey. It's not on these TVs difficult. because we got the big one. We got, oh, we got the Cotton Bowl tonight. Oh, yeah. I was going to try to make it a little bit bigger than it is. It's Ohio State. It's Missouri. Uh, the lines have been bouncing around. Now Ohio State, as I look, down to being a four-point favorite. I think people really believe, and I'm going to be careful here because I haven't seen anything officially yet, but I don't think Marvin Harrison's going to play in this game. Why would Marvin Harrison play in this game, right? So I know he's with the team, but we, saw, we, we see this with some of these guys. They want the free trip. Sam Hartman was with the team today with Notre Dame, who covered every number, by the way. Yes. Uh, it doesn't matter if you bet the early numbers at 11 and a half. Oh, no, here it is officially. So Marvin Harrison will skip tonight's Cotton Bowl. There this you comes go. out 54 seconds ago from, we'll give pro football talk, I guess, uh, credit here. So he's heading to the draft. But, yeah, some people thought that he was going to play tonight because he was with the team. But what person, he had to practice I know you, we talked about this and you yeah. didn't think that. No, I didn't. What logical person thought that Marvin Harrison Jr. was going to play in this game? Yeah. Come on. I think it's just because he traveled. You know, he was with yeah, the he team. he wants to be with his teammates. Exactly. He just wanted the trip to the Cotton Bowl. He wanted so. the swag bag. Right. Yeah. Want. Are you right. serious? The of course you wanted the gift card. Although yeah. now all these kids can go buy their own stuff with all the money they're getting these NIL deals. Damn. Yeah, times have changed <laughs> I know, a little bit. Now. They're making it? more than all of us. But, yeah, so now a four-point spread. I like uh, – so I'm going to stick with my original pick here. I like Missouri in the game um, to cover the number here. Total's 51-and-a-half. I like Missouri. I think they're going to take this game seriously. i got to wait and see who's out there for Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to roll with Missouri here in the game that we've been talking about for like three-and-a-half weeks. And now, <laughs> go figure, Marvin Harrison not going to play because he's going to be a top five, probably a top three pick. He might actually, if Chicago decides, and I don't think this happens, to stick with Justin Fields and they're not able to trade back, what if Marvin Harrison goes number one overall? I wouldn't be shocked, would you? I wouldn't be shocked, but I mean, it's it's tough. Like at some point, at some point, a trade like teams are desperate enough to make a trade. Yeah, you yeah. know, like it's tough to not see a quarterback go number one anymore in yeah. in a quarterback, especially with Caleb draft, Williams you know I mean? as the right, quarterback. Right. You know, yeah, we're talking about him. You know, his player comp is Patrick Mahomes. But my whole point is, Marvin Harrison was never going to play in this game. So that five and a half that popped earlier, I thought we were going to get the six. I'm just going to play Missouri again here at four, and that's what I got in that one. Yeah. Anything NBA? I got a couple of props. I'm light tonight because I'm starting to hammer home the end. This is like Fridays are always light for me yeah. in the NBA because I start putting in so much. I really like to bet my props. I mean, really, Thursdays and Fridays. If I can get those in, yeah. I want to get that in way before those numbers get bet up. A couple things that I like tonight. So I like the Knicks. There's been some line movement where, I mean, I hate betting against our magic, especially at home. Knicks are small favorites in this game. I just went money line minus 115. You know, there's going to be no uh, Wendell Carter tonight for Orlando. There's going to be no Fultz. There's going to be no Harris, no Joe Ingles. And everybody's going tonight for New York. So I like the Knicks on the road, uh, just on the money line, minus 115. 
And then the other one I played um, earlier, I like Toronto at eight and a half. They're all the way down now. They're on the road against Boston. It's down to four and a half. Mm. Totals two twenty seven and a half. Uh, Jason Tatum out. KP out. Al Horford tonight out. So Sam Hauser is going to get the start at four, and everybody's going for Toronto. So I bet Toronto. I still like them at four and a half. Liked it a little bit better earlier this morning at eight and a half against Boston. Kind of figuring that KP and Tatum were going to be out in this game. And then the last one. Hate to do it because you know how I feel about this team. Give me the Hawks. At home, oh, no. one and a half point dogs against the Kings. Are we going against each other? Uh, against each other? No, on that no, one? we're not. I just, I just, the Hawks always make me so nervous. I did take the over on Demontis Sabonis assists. Yeah, the Hawks are. I mean, we know how bad they are defensively. Yeah. So, and that, that he's one of those guys where he's when he's in that position where a team is not great against passing big man He's perfect to take advantage of that. But I'm just nervous for you because I mean, it's oh, yeah. don't bet on the Wizards. But then there's also the Hawks to yeah. worry about, and Trey Young, which is very, very concerning. So you're taking a little bit of a risk tonight, I'm gonna and do I applaud it. you on that. I'm going to do it. I mean, the Hawks have actually been a decent bet for me so far this season, and uh, yeah, we'll go one and a half. Everybody's going except for Hunter tonight. Everybody's going for the Kings here as well, but we'll go with the home team here, so I'll play the Hawks. I'd say my favorite out of those would have been the Raptors, but uh, since that number's gone, I'd say probably the Knicks tonight. Against our magic, mm-hmm. yeah. Give me the yeah. Knicks. Give me your Knicks. That can uh, that's what coming I'd up like in four to minutes from now. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I, over in Donovan Mitchell points too against the Bucks. I like that. But uh, yeah, but you know, sometimes you gotta just you gotta pace yourself for because as Big we weekend. like to do on the show, we like to teach people how to do this responsibly. Yeah, do it the smart way. Yeah. That's you have always to be the responsible. Case. Have well, to be responsible. The only thing though that it's and again we've all run into this before, right? Where when you're looking ahead to the NFL and you start betting props, obviously if a player's out, we know that bet's voided. Like you get all that, but. You get to Friday, and there's a lot of players whose names you look at, and they have a major effect on that game, and you may not know until Sunday morning, just like in fantasy, right? I mean, same thing, whether they're going to go. Trevor Lawrence is going to be out. We know that. So C.J. Beathard's going to get the start. Josh Jacobs is going to be doubtful with a quad injury now. But, like, there's other things here, right? Like Alvin Kamara, he missed Friday's practice with an illness. He's questionable against Tampa. So does he feel better? Does he prolong it? Does he decide he doesn't want to play anymore and maybe not get out there for that game? We don't know if that illness is even real. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And with some of these guys, you know, it's like when you're in a really crappy situation, or not even a crappy situation. Maybe it's just somewhere that you don't want to be. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I've had two jobs that I've really hated. I worked at a liquor store. That only lasted two weeks. Okay. I wanted to go camping. I feel like that would have been perfect for you. I wanted to go. You would, <laughs> I was only 16 at the time. Not that well. was the issue. Now, yeah. So it worked out for those two weeks. But I wanted to go camping, and my dad said, you could go camping, but I'm not giving you any money. And we were going to Alpine, Alpine Valley. Uh-huh. So I needed some money. Um, so he said, you have to get a job. So I went and worked at a liquor store thinking he'll cave. He'll just give me the money because he's not going to want me working at a liquor store at 16 years old. He didn't care. And so then I just got my first paycheck, quit, went camping. But when I was at Dick's, you know, we had to... like. It's funny we we both worked at that in college. Like when I was going to be sick because I was actually, you know, managing the uh, the store, no big deal, I would have to like do these Zoom calls. So what I did this one time was I was going to the Pearl Jam concert, Mm -hmm. and I figured out the easiest way to get out of a Zoom call. Mm Mm-hmm. You just don't put yourself on the camera. Oh, so you know you're what I mean? sick and then not show it, up it on was camera. Br- it was brutal because, like, I was getting all these messages from my friends. So the mm-hmm. entire time, my phone was going like, and mm-hmm. I would, like, just chime in randomly and whatnot. Pretend yeah, you're there and you're I not just, really I wasn't, Yeah, I just took myself off the camera, and five minutes later, I was there with Eddie Vedder. And I'll never forget that concert because they opened up with Last Kiss, which is more of, like, 
like a closing song, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. probably one of my favorite covers. Home and darling, just a little while. Sorry, Scott, I know that probably blew your eardrum out, but I had to get my vetter out because it's a Friday night and I'm feeling did a little you do any? Did you do anything to lead up to that faking sick, like the day before, kind of set the tone at all a little bit? No. No? no? no. Just did it right before? Yeah. Said I'm out and then uh, there's, I'm not going to show up on camera? But then mm. two weeks later, I went on probation there, mm-hmm. not for faking sick, mm-hmm. but because they thought... <laughs> They thought that I was, when we would get, like, Jordan shipments, they thought I was, like, taking orders because we were making commission for a little bit. And they thought that I was, um, and I was doing this. <laughs> but what I would do is I would, like, take orders throughout the week, and then I would take, like, a size 8, maybe a size 10, a size 12, and I would set those aside. So they didn't catch me at Pearl Jam, but they did catch me trying to make $10 per $115 sneaker <laughs> off the commission, you know, serving to my boys. I mean, could- back. How how dare you take that ten dollar commission? I mean, hey, just, hey. it's very selfish. I had selfish college of to you. pay for, it, damn exactly. it. Exactly. You know, you know, preferred walk-ons. <laughs> we weren't getting money. This Marvin Harrison stuff is so crazy. Now I'm getting like all these messages about Are this you? game. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't understand why people would think he'd play tonight. There's no, there's nothing that mean like it means nothing. The game means nothing. It really doesn't. I mean, this this one now. I hate to say that because I love these games so much. I still I still just love bowl season, man. Like, I know that it's not for everybody. and it, it, it is. It's a glorified exhibition. But today, what a great story. I mean, Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, when you think about it, probably made way too much money to quarterback that team this season <laughs> because they didn't have any wide receivers. Their best receiver was Chris Tyree, who's a running back. But, I mean, you got your third-string guy out there today. You know, and we, we see this. I mean, you saw uh, today. You know, you got to see Devin Leary with Kentucky. Kind of had a crappy season, but he covered for me, and he had his best game. So maybe now he gets some looks next season. Who knows? Yeah, I I'm listen, just trying to make the case. No, I, but listen, there are benefits to these games where you're going to see some younger players or the guy that's probably going to start a quarterback next year. Like, I, I get the benefits that are there, but in yeah. reality, you are a college football junkie. You just love the sport of college football. If you were not allowed to ever bet a game again, you would still watch college football because oh, yeah. you love it. And that's... Like, but people don't understand in this industry. It's a lot. A lot of people do, but not everybody understands that. Like, people, we all grew up in like f- sports fans. Yeah. Fans, like everybody in our industry has like their main sport. Whether you cover just that or you talk about everything, and you j- also love that the most, there is a passion that's there for one sport more than anything else. So you look at these bowl games and say more college football. But like, if 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 there was, and we've had mostly good reviews on it, but the NBA in season tournament, if people didn't like it and talked about it the way that people talk about bowl season now. And yeah, I make fun of it. It doesn't mean you won't bet on it if you don't if you want to, but you could say they're glorified exhibition fake tournament games, whatever you want. Yeah. I would still love them. I'd still watch them because I love that sport. I love watching the NBA. I, that's the first sport that I got into when I was like 9 years old. So, it just it is what it is, right? Like you just accept that like this is a sport you like even if the games don't actually mean anything other than money that's riding on that game or opportunity for younger players. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I agree with what you're saying there. I do say this, though. I do say this. What's what I'm saying? Just don't apologize for it. Damn it, you love the, you love the bowl games. No, I mean, did to watch them. Who cares? No, but I mean, I agree with everything that you said right there. Well, I mean, like I if, you're, if you're like a college football purist, you're still always going to love the bowl games. But even like a lot of the college football, you know, the big fans and the purists, like they don't even care anymore. Um, Was it facts? Yeah, it was. It, facts. It, it, it was. Facts. It, it really was. Facts. You know, I see a lot of people like uh, like the over in this game, too. I like the under. Yeah. I'm going to go under 51 and a half tonight. 
Reason being, no Marvin Harrison. No Kyle McCord. You get Devin Brown. He's more of a running quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think Ohio State's going to want to run the ball here. I like Missouri's defense. I like Ohio State's defense. I mean, Jim Knowles did a great job year two. They were a top 10 defense in the country. I like the under. I'm going to go under 51 and a half in this game as well. That's going to be a big bet for me. Which? How big? How many units? Just one. Is it a whale unit? <laughs> no, just just one big unit. Just one. It's a guppy unit. The, it's it's the big unit. It's a. Te- it's one Frank Thomas. <laughs> just one Frank Thomas. That's how. That's how we'll call. Big unit was Randy Johnson. Oh yeah, Randy Johnson. The big hurt. The big was hurt. Frank Thomas. That's fine. It's a Friday. I just got back. You know. I, I was, know. I was in Louisville one day. I never want to go back unless it's. Who me. do you think the game means more to tonight, Georgia or Florida State? Oh. Man. And I know you're just reading into it. I'm going to say... Like, I feel like, honestly, it means more to Florida State because they want to go unbeaten and be able to say, we were an unbeaten Power 5 team. Because I saw some players actually say, we should be considered national champions if we're unbeaten at the end of the season and we're the only you know, Power 5 program to be unbeaten. You know what's funny about that? It means that, more to Florida State, I think. You know, it, it, what's funny about that is, like, everybody in my... Half my family are all Knowles fans. They, they love Florida State, mm-hmm. and so... They didn't want to make it um, to the college football playoff because without Jordan Travis, they were like, we don't stand a chance against Texas, against Washington even. But what they wanted was to win their bowl game, go undefeated, and then be able to print the T-shirts, make the case that they were the undefeated uh, national champs. But I don't think that's going to happen, man. Even though, you know, we don't know who's going to be out there for Georgia. Obviously, not Brock Bowers. Not a lot of these guys that are going to be high draft picks. I just don't think it matters, man, because Kirby, no matter what, is always going to have his guys motivated. And, like, for Florida State, imagine you show up there for two days. You're there. A lot of these guys get there early. They're there all spring. You know what I mean? You play in the spring game. You're there every single day. And I know now you get paid. And it's also pretty cool playing college football Mm -hmm. and all the luxuries that that brings. But still, I mean, every week you go out there, you take care of business, and you go undefeated. And now you don't even get to play for the championship. You know, when you're sitting back, you're watching TV, and you get to see all these college football previews, and it's Alabama and it's Texas. That just has to be be heartbreaking right there. All the work that you put in. Mm -hmm. And also... Look at the schedule that you played, too. You went into Death Valley, and you beat Clemson. I get Clemson was down this season, but that's still a pretty damn good win, right? You beat your rivals in, in Florida. Um, you beat LSU. That was your non-conference game to start the season. We all thought there was a good chance that LSU would be in this game in the right. college football playoff, and they probably would have been if they had a defense even finish in the top 60. The problem was their defense finished out the, uh, outside the top 120 you know, in every category. So... I don't know, man. I want to say Florida State, but I just feel like Georgia's going to get up for this one more because of Kirby. And they probably feel slighted, too. You know what I mean? Because they've mm-hmm. lost one game the last three years, and now they have to watch another one-loss team in the college football playoff. And if they play that game again, they probably think that they get Alabama on a neutral. Yeah, I, honestly, I like Florida State to cover. Yeah? I really do. I Only because away. of that. And I know it's 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 very much narrative-based, and you've got to play the game of, like, how can I get in their heads and figure out what things are like in the locker room or whatever. But yeah, I just feel like if you're a Georgia player, like, your expectations are win national title. You've had all these wins. You've, you're not used to losing at this point. It's uh, This isn't where we're supposed to be anyway. But Florida State, I don't know. I feel like there's more of a chip on Florida State's shoulders than where Georgia's. But, again, I'm just reading into it. But it's interesting that we see it, like, two different ways there with that because that's what happens when you just try to get into somebody's head. Former Panthers running back Fozzie Whitaker yes. going to join us next. Bet MGM tonight. 
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath, Nick Cashew, BetMGM Tonight. Got a Grizzlies Clippers tonight, too. Your Clippers. Yeah, buddy. The Clippers. Yeah. You know what, man? I kind of want to... Nah, nah. Can't do it tonight. You're, you're thinking about it, aren't you? I, Betting the Clippers? I have to be... I have to take it a little easy tonight. I got some big bets coming up this weekend. Big, big ones? Yeah. Alabama money line. Washington plus four. What? Uh, okay. Oh, also, uh-huh. Washington, Texas under... Kind of like the over in Bama, Michigan. Haven't bet that yet, though. And then tons of NFL that we're going to give out tonight. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we bring on Fozzie Whitaker, Big 12 Radio on Sirius XM, former Texas Longhorn, former Carolina Panther as well. So let's just look ahead to this game with, I mean, it, it feels like we, it, it like takes us, I don't know, I mean, I guess it does take a while to lead up to these games. It's just week after week after week, and we talk Texas, we talk Washington. So let's just start off with your big picture view of this game. How does Texas match up with Washington well, and where do you look at them and say, ooh, they may have some issues in this game against Washington? Yeah, what's going on, fellas? I appreciate you all having me on the show. Um, Whenever I start breaking down, and obviously we've been breaking it down for almost a month now right. uh, with the pros and the cons. I think Texas has the advantage offensively. Uh, whenever you look at Washington's defense, what you see whenever you turn on the tape is a team that flies around the ball and they force turnovers, and they do it at a very high clip. Where you probably long for a little bit more wanting to see from that defense is a little bit more consistency um, especially when it comes to tackling and tackling in space and, and doing a better tackling job against more physical kind of bigger style running backs as well. Um, and I think that's where I see Texas and the way Steve Sarkeesian runs his offense to be able to have the upper hand whenever they get opportunities to put guys like Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell, C.J. Baxter, Jaden Blue, Jatavian Sanders. You put those guys in space. Um, I think Steve Sarkeesian and and this offense likes their odds to be able to put Washington defenders in space and take advantage and utilize some of the things that Washington has struggled with over the course of the season with the missed tackles as well as some of the deep passing routes uh, that they've given up. Uh, On the flip side, you talk about the passing game for Washington. Obviously, it's one of the country leading the nation Michael Penix Jr. is one of the top quarterbacks in the country has won several awards this year for being just that guy being an NFL draft pick very high along with his number one target Roma Dunze who will also probably be a first round draft pick uh, and they have two other guys McMillan and Polk uh, that are NFL caliber receivers as well so that trio of receiving cast that Michael Penix Jr. has at his disposal. The running back, Dylan Johnson, does a phenomenal job over these past five, six games, um, you know, showing his worth and his versatility out of the backfield. Um, I think that's where Texas has uh, Texas has struggled defending the pass, and especially the defense uh, over, the, over the course of the season. They've gotten better as the season has progressed, but it's still been an Achilles heel for them 
from the standpoint of giving up some big explosive plays and, and giving up some touchdowns late in games uh, whenever teams want to isolate those receivers against their safeties in particular. So uh, I'm sure Kalen DeBoer and, and Ryan Grubb and Michael Penix are licking their chops at an opportunity to get Roma Dunze and Polk and McMillan one-on-one with uh, the likes of Jaron Thompson or, or Derek Williams Jr., who's a uh, that's a freshman guy that'll get some playing time, and Michael Tav, who was a former walk-on, um, having having those favorable matchups probably lean towards Washington uh, in that matchup. So, little pros and cons everywhere, but that's why we play the game to see how it actually all unfolds and who has the upper hands when it's all said and done. Man, Fozzie, I'm so glad to be talking to you right now because I mean, you said a lot to about where I wanted to go actually, um, and you kind of already got there, but. I like the reason I like Washington with the points. I just think this is going to be a back and forth game. I just think this might come down to a field goal, and you kind of hit on some of the stuff. So, do you think Texas will make some adjustments in this game? Because you brought up Michael Penix and what he's able to do from a clean pocket, but he only completes 47% of his passes when he's outside the pocket, which I believe was 84th mm-hmm. among quarterbacks in the FBS, and then 59% of his passes against the Blitz, which was 53rd in the country, but Texas just doesn't blitz a whole ton. I believe 35% of dropbacks. 73rd highest rate in the country. Do you think maybe mm-hmm. they make some adjustments? Maybe they send some more pressure? Or uh, what do you think happens here? Because that was that was my concern. You know, if I was going to fade Texas, would just be Penix from a clean pocket kind of picking apart that secondary. Absolutely. That, that's something that Coach P.K. Pekwikowski, obviously very familiar with what Washington does and still has ties with some of those current coaches now. Uh, but that's kind of what he was known for whenever he – went into Washington as the defensive coordinator as a guy that can stop those prolific Pac-12 passing offensive attacks that feature the air raid or the spread and allows those quarterbacks and those receivers to be able to make those big dynamic plays. So I expect uh, the expertise, the experience that PK has had uh, defending Pac-12 teams and defending obviously his own offense whenever he was coaching Washington, obviously, it's different personnel, but uh, being able to have that familiarity, you you kind of know uh, some of the things that work well against those styles of offense and some of the things that put your defense in in a less advantageous position. Uh, But he's going to have to mix it up. Michael Penix is a veteran guy, right? He's been in the system for a few years now. He's played a ton of football going back to whenever he was at Indiana, and now, like I said, the amount of football knowledge and the accolades that he's been able to put together is symbolic of the type of college football player that he is and probably will have a good NFL career as well because of what he's been able to do so far. So in order to be able to get a guy like that uncomfortable, you're going to have to give him different looks. Your defensive line is going to have to play big and bad like they've been able to play all season long. Your your Outland Trophy winner, Devondre Sweat, he's going to have to make his presence felt. Byron Murphy, um, who's been able to create a ton of pressure up the middle, is also going to be big in these games, as well as the defensive ends. You know, Ethan Burke, Baron Sorrell, uh, even Anthony Hill Jr., who is the uh, freshman linebacker, is going to be rotated in there in some form or fashion to be able to help manufacture pressure as well, like he was able to do against Alabama. And I think that's how you get Michael Penix Jr. a little uncomfortable. you got to have people around his feet putting that pressure in his face. And, and like you mentioned, whenever you can do that and make him more uncomfortable, that's whenever he's off of his game and not at his best. Um, and it's uh, honestly, you look back at the Alamo Bowl last year, I know it's different personnel, different team, 
But the game plan that Texas had last year was do not get beat deep. And they gave up one deep ball on the opening possession, and then they eliminated the deep pass ever since then. Now, Michael Penix still got his kind of underneath and in the mid-range, but they didn't give up the deep balls. Where they kind of leaked was in the run game, where Wayne uh, Tulipapa was able to bust out some big yardage, and he had over 100 yards rushing on limited amount of carries, and that was the the kind of the deal breaker or the backbreaker for that Texas defense. So honestly, PK's game plan from last year I think could be utilized again this year, knowing that you have better interior defensive linemen that can hold down the run while still having a light box, and that should help also with disguising different coverages and different blitz packages to allow this Texas defense to give Michael Penix Jr. a different look. Yeah, and you you mentioned that defensive line. Obviously, the Longhorns certainly have the advantage there. Is that enough? I mean, we talk about that's what they want to do, right? Disrupt Michael Penix Jr. and what he's able to do offensively. Because I'm looking at a total of 63.5, pretty high total, two two high-powered offenses between the two programs. Is that enough with what Texas has in your eyes where you could say, you know, it might actually cause some problems for that Washington offense where if I'm looking at this, maybe I bet the under 63 and a half here. Where do you think we are in terms of the total for this game and given what we're talking about there in terms of defensively for Texas? Hey, you know, I think it's hovering right above that line. Okay. Uh, I, I got it. I mean, and I'm going to just say it flat out. I believe Texas does win, but I do have it as a 38-34 game right. with Texas winning by four. So it's right on the spread. Uh, I do believe they would hit the over, obviously, in that uh, scenario. But it's going to obviously be dependent on so many different things, as football always is, right, in any sport. If Texas can manufacture the pressure that we talked about without having to play a ton of man coverage or without having to put their safeties in one-on-one opportunities with these receivers – then obviously that's going to lean towards Texas probably having some more success on the defensive side of the ball, which in turn allows them to have more time of possession or at least offensive possessions on the offensive side of the ball working hand-in-hand and in tandem from that aspect. If the Joe Moore Award winning line holds it down, which they've been able to do all season long, and keep Michael Pennett clean in the pocket like they did last year in the Alamo Bowl, then it can lean towards Washington's way where – They stay on the field and keep that potent offense that Steve Sarkeesian has off the field and frustrated and firing out that defense, and then you can have an issue on that aspect too. But um, the way I think it out is it'll be a back-and-forth game, but I do believe that uh, the offenses, in my opinion, will get the better of the defenses on both sides. Uh, and that would put me at the over in this game. Yeah, I could see this being like USC, Texas, Vince yeah. Young, Matt Leinart, and Reggie Bush oh, going back and forth. If we you could know, get so lucky, damn. That's what I'm hoping for. And, and then and then I look at the other game. You know, I look at the first game, and I look at um, you know, Michigan this season, and I don't really know what to expect in this one against Alabama because Michigan likes to run the ball a whole bunch. 56% right. of their plays, they like to run the ball, and J.J. McCarthy just – wasn't all that great the last couple of weeks of the season. He didn't have to do a whole lot against Penn State. I believe he only dropped back nine times. But, man, it's tough to run the ball against Alabama. Who do you like in that one? I do like Bama in this matchup. Um, I look at the expertise that, number one, Nick Saban brings to the table as a uh, prolific coach and, and one of the best coaches to ever do it. Uh, he's done it multiple times in a multitude and a variety of ways. 
uh, and you kind of look at what this Alabama team has gone through, obviously losing to Texas at week two, and then ever since that moment, man, they've turned a, a, a new corner every single week, and they found a way to win. Even whenever it was close in the Iron Bowl against Auburn, they found a way to win. I don't know how that happened still to this day, but it was a precise pass that will go down in Iron Bowl history as one of the best plays ever if you're an Alabama fan. And then the the complete and utter domination of Georgia, who's been the number one team for the past two seasons and pretty much all throughout this entire year. Um, and, and Alabama handled it quite frank. Um, I, I don't know how Michigan can respond against a team that's surging the way that Alabama is right now. And I think that's where um, I give Nick Saban and what he does to get his guys prepared whenever he has a, a month to do so, uh, as well as this Alabama team just being what they have been in college football playoff history. And that's always making their way to the finals at some point in time. So, I don't see that changing. I do believe they win against Michigan, but it, it, it'll be a hard-fought game. I, I don't think Alabama just runs away with it, uh, but I do think they're probably the more uh, the more complete team to be able to take the win whenever it's all said and done. Talking to Fozzie Whitaker, BetMGM tonight. I want to sneak in at least like one NFL question with you. Your former team, the Carolina Panthers, you got Bryce Young out there, a rookie quarterback. And, look, he certainly had his, his struggles this season, but throws for 312 and two touchdowns against your Ryan Green Bay Packers last week. Uh, best game of his career. And, like, there's a lot of expectations, especially on a guy that's a number one overall pick. Have we mm-hmm. have we gotten to the point in the NFL where the expectations are just too high for immediate results from these first-round picks at quarterback, these guys starting their rookie year? I, I actually kind of do believe that. Okay. It's, uh, it's crazy to say it because of obviously how important it is to have that franchise piece be such a pivotal part of your team's success, especially in year number one. Uh, but it's kind of been a microcosm of what we've seen from the college ranks. Usually whenever we have a true freshman or a redshirt freshman playing in their first season, they're not nearly as productive as they are whenever it comes to second year, third year, fourth year in a system. And, I mean, we got people contention for the Heisman, obviously, Johnny Manziel was one of the first guys to be able to win it as a young, young guy. Bryce Young was a person that was in that same category, basically being all everything whenever he first stepped into that starting role. Um, And I think that's kind of translated to uh, expecting that same type of immediate success in the NFL ranks, but the NFL is a different beast. And there, there aren't too many individuals that you can look at that were drafted number one overall that have had immediate success to the level of degree that a lot of people are thinking. Like, the people are thinking, you go number one, you should be all pro. But that necessarily has not translated to that. So um, I think there are unrealistic expectations as the transition from the college ranks to the NFL ranks. And it's a little bit tougher to be able to be successful, but it also yeah. matters with the key pieces that you have around you. And I don't think Carolina put Bryce Young in the best position from a standpoint of support mm-hmm. as well as, obviously, the staff, as they're not even there anymore, Yeah, to be able to be as successful as he could be this year. Uh, it's, like, it's almost like we have uh, instant, want instant gratification in our society. It's amazing. <laughs> Fozzie Whitaker, you can hear him on Big 12 Radio. Now, really Great appreciate stuff, the man. time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. 
Absolutely, man. Y'all have a good one. I appreciate y'all having me on, and Happy New Year's as well. Happy Spend New Year. MG in the night. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Moore is now out. Marquise Goodwin comes in as the wide out to look for, and Flacco almost gets sacked. There he goes, throws on the run, caught inside the 30, inside the 20, goes Jerome Ford. Still on his feet. Ford looking for the end zone. Gets there. How are you feeling? Oh, oh my God. I, I can't put it into words. I mean, I had like 40 tickets. I had high school buddies, college buddies, all kinds of family. My kids, uh, boy across the street, the whole city of Cleveland. I mean, this is just, it's unbelievable. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. You know, the one thing Joe Flacco didn't do, Ryan, didn't go over on his pass attempts, though. Only 29, damn it. Because they had that big lead. Because your Jets let them down. Next year. Next year you can do that again. I hate the Jets. (laughs) Who do you hate more right now, the Packers or the Jets? Oh, the Jets. Okay. The Jets. Well, it's fair. Yeah. Packers are a better product to watch. Jordan Love's actually had a pretty decent season, you know. Yeah, Um, you should feel okay about him. I mean. Feel better about him than I feel about Sam Howell, but I don't. I want my team to draft a quarterback anyway, so it's fine. Right, right. But the the Flacco story is. I mean, it's look. It's for it's. You can look at it two ways, right? You can look at it from just the sports story perspective, which everybody's a sports fan one way or another, and you can also look at it as, man, there's usually some like you've improved that offense now, where there's a whole rack of props that you can dive in on. Yeah. I mean, everything last night. It was just winner, winner, winner. I mean. You get the consistency from a veteran quarterback where even though he's a backup, even though he's only been in the offense for a few weeks, you can sit there and you can look and go, I feel comfortable about what this game is going to look like, at least offensively, because I know what I'm going to get from Joe Flacco. It might be a couple of picks, but it's also going to be a lot of throws. It's going to be a lot of completions, and it's touchdowns, and it's whether it's Amari Cooper who didn't play last night, David Njoku, whoever, you can count on those guys having big games and taking the over on those props. David Njoku, I mean, he has been dynamic this season. He's going to be a Pro Bowler now that anybody goes. He's going to be an All-Pro this season. He'll be playing flag football for the Pro Bowl. But he's so (laughs) explosive at the tight end position. Mm -hmm. Every catch goes for like 30, 40 yards, at least when I bet against them. But it's crazy as we look at the board today, man. AP Comeback Player of the Year, and I'm starting to feel a little bad now for all those people that thought they had guaranteed money with DeMar Hamlin. They were laying those crazy prices because as we look today here on Friday, December 29th, DeMar Hamlin now only minus 155 to win Comeback Player of the Year. And Joe Flacco, like you said, is just circling around the block at plus 115. And like you said, I think this is the best story in all of football right now. What's DeMar Hamlin, uh, that was a great story, right? right? I think he deserves his own award. Yeah. But, I mean, who's a better story right now than Joe Flacco? You could say Tua because of all the concussions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Playing at an elite level, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield, I mean... He got rode off because of injury, because he couldn't get the job done with the injury, with the shoulder injury, and then he got another chance with the Rams. And, um, yeah, but, man, Joe Flacco. What he's doing right now, I still can't believe it. I mean, he was picked up off the street. He was trying to be an analyst, do what we're doing, and now um, he's carving up NFL defenses. And I know that was the Jets last night, man. 
but the Jets still have a pretty damn good defense. Yeah, and that's I think that's what the big sign is. When I look at the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns now, I see a team that can get back to the expectations that were really set coming into this year, right? And look, we looked at that division as a whole and said all four teams could maybe make the playoffs. Injuries, yeah. a, a whole bunch of different things have... I mean, it's disrupted the entire NFL season, but it's clearly disrupted that division specifically, too. But now, with that defense, Miles Garrett could be defensive player of the year, and you've got, I mean, they lose Nick Chubb. They've, I mean, they've had a ton of injuries across the board, but they've been able to fill every single... I know Jerome Ford has been a little bit of a roller coaster, yeah. but you can match that with Kareem Hunt. They're giving Pierre Strong at least a couple of carries. Guy averaged over seven yards a carry last night, and you've added the stability at quarterback with a little bit of volatility. I'm going to be the... Uh, again, I'll like the, Joe Flacco can turn the ball over, but I see a Cleveland Browns team that could maybe at least win a playoff game now. Like, it's not just, hey, they're really limited and their defense is going to carry them. Their defense no longer has to carry them anymore. And if you're the Browns, that's why I said last night, right? I love Cleveland because they had this, you could tell there's renewed hope. The Jets know their season's over. The Browns, it's this shot in the arm of a complete fresh start. Yeah, I mean, and that's like the cool thing about this whole thing is the Browns, Weird story, because um, I was kind of falling in love with the Browns a couple of years ago. Yeah, year one with, we all did. With Stefanski, I liked Baker Mayfield. And then they traded for OBJ. I've always been a big Miles Garrett fan. But then, I mean, they were kind of a hard team to cheer for with the whole Deshaun Watson stuff, to be honest with you. Like, I was kind of out on the Browns. Now I'm back in on the Browns. And Kevin Stefanski was on the hot seat. People in Cleveland wanted him gone. Not mm-hmm. everybody, but some people did. And now... He could win coach of the year. Like you said, man, I mean, Miles Garrett could be defensive player of the year and Joe Flacco could be comeback player of the year. And this is a team that could end up winning 12, 13 games. And you know what's crazy? They could end up winning that division as good as the Ravens have been. And the Ravens are a few plays away from being an undefeated team. The Browns are just hanging in there. They're just hanging around there. Now they're a much better team. Their home road splits are weird. You know, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, you go back to that game against Indianapolis even a couple weeks ago, about a month ago now, maybe even more than that. And they were giving up a bunch of explosive plays. But you go back and you go back to those first four games of the season, and they look like the 1985 Bears. They look like a top five defense, and um, yeah, they've been a little bit of a roller coaster, but only because of injuries this season. And now they're figuring it out, and they're playing their best football here in December. And you got to feel pretty good if you're a Browns fan. Yeah, Cleveland's got the Bengals last. I mean, that's that that's pretty much how they're going to wrap up this season. And then if you're sitting there and you look at because the Ravens, right? Right, it's tough. Obviously, the Ravens are going to have to win this weekend. It's still another another massive prove it game. Yeah, uh, for them, but. It's like, it's it feels like Baltimore seventh toughest schedule the rest of the way last two games. Steelers, Dolphins. I mean, you beat the Dolphins, division's pretty much wrapped up. But you're right. You at least like it doesn't sound crazy to say Cleveland has an outside shot at winning the division if this, 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 and this happened. Yeah. Versus before that was never even a conversation. It was can DTR or PJ Walker move the ball? My God, could Deshaun yeah. Watson at that point? Joe Flacco has been an upgrade from their starting quarterback and Deshaun Watson that they paid more guaranteed money to than anybody else has ever paid anybody in the NFL. Think about that for a second. This guy came off of his front lawn throwing a football yeah. with his kids, and the offense in Cleveland is better than the quarterback they paid $250 million to. I mean, what are they going to do with that contract? That's what I was thinking last night after that game, driving home. I was like, what are they going to do with the Deshaun Watson contract? Not that Joe Flacco is the long-term answer. Right. Or maybe not even the answer next year. He's going to be another year older, I know. But like you said, he's been an upgrade over Deshaun Watson. Now, the game that Deshaun got hurt, knocked out for the season, he was so damn good in the second half. Remember, yeah. I think he had like one in, I think one ball hit the ground in the entire second half. But yeah, 
I don't know, man. That's why you're kind of playing with house money right now. It looked like a lost season, and Joe Flacco leads you to the promised land, which just, like, being a Browns fan is just going back to the playoffs. You know? They finally won a playoff game with Baker Mayfield. They they built a statue for him. Yeah, everybody got free beer. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so now... uh, I'm starting to cheer for them again. And maybe, who knows, maybe they'll be my AFC side piece team again. I don't know. I got way too many now. You do have a, well, if you, you, you've, dumped, like, you've dumped the Jets, yeah. that's over. Oh, they're so done. you can have a, you can have a new side piece team now. Yeah. I still like the Bengals, you know, yeah. especially when Joe Burrow comes back. But that's the way to go. Well, you can have a, a, a side piece playoff team, right? Because the Bengals aren't probably going to the playoffs, if we're no. being honest with ourselves here. So, But, I mean, Cleveland, no. this is, I mean, they've got a chance. And right now, They'd match up against the Jags in the first round. And, They're beating the Jags. And the Jags They're are beating beat the Jags. Up. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Jags' defense is a complete liability. I mean, they're giving up over 400 yards per game in the last couple of weeks. And then you have Trevor Lawrence, who's so hurt right now, he's going to miss his first game. And say what you want about Trevor Lawrence. That's a tough dude. He does not miss mm-hmm. games. For him to miss this game means he's pretty beat up. And I don't like their backup situation. There's no Joe Flacco coming in. It's C.J. Beathard. And um, you even saw what he did in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. He won two games. He went two and ten. So I don't feel good about the Jags. I don't know that they get in, man. I feel better about the Colts, the way that they're trending yeah. right now. And obviously, uh, the Houston gets C.J. Stroud back. He uh, passes concussion protocol, yeah. which is great because I want to see him back out there as the vice president of the Stroud boys, which really quick leads me to Ohio State. we got nine minutes. There we go. And I want to throw a couple out there. All right. We're going to do a first touchdown. We're going to do multiple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take the safe bet. Is just an anytime touchdown. Also, get the best price receiving yards. I've seen some 56 and a halfs. Now I'm seeing some 62 and a halfs. Carnell Tate, my guy, went to Marist High School, which is about 20 minutes from where I grew up. Then he went to IMG. Uh, you know, it's kind of like what these guys do. Like JJ McCarthy plays against Mount Carmel in the IHSA championship game, gets embarrassed, cries, runs to IMG. Carnell Tate didn't have to do all that. <laughs> He's an absolute stud. And if you remember in the Rose Bowl, the Marvin Harrison coming out party, mm-hmm. he had what? Not two, three touchdowns yep. in that game. So I'm going to go multiple touchdowns. I like the first touchdown, 14 to 1. But all week long uh, at practice, they've been talking about Carnell Tate. So I'm going to roll with him. And one last time, I'm going to bet Missouri plus five. I see our guy, John You're Ewing. You put another one in? Yeah, data and PR over at uh, BetMGM. And he talked to our guy and Pat Everson's guy, Seamus McGee. Trading manager mm-hmm. over at BetMGM, and the tweet says from John Ewing, 70% of all bets, including parlays, are on Ohio State money line. 60% of all spread bets are on the Buckeyes. We need Mizzou to cover. And I just, I already like Mizzou in this game, so that doesn't really mean a whole lot, but just because that popped up and I got to see Seamus McGee's name on it, John Ewing's name on it, it reminded me of our good buddy Pat, and then he pops up on my feet as well. So Throwing that in was, another. That was, yeah, that was the atmosphere. That was the universe telling me, Bet a little bit more on Mizzou, and I see Cody Schrader. I was going to say, look into his eyes. This is what we do. Yeah. I see a Cody he's still Schrader running from that Florida game. Focused. I think he's going to ball out tonight. But yeah, man, I love the Carnell Tate props, but I like Missouri in the game as we see Brady Cook. He had a really good season. Might have to use his legs a little bit in this game, but uh, yeah, and the under too. So I'm all in on this game. I'm so excited. Oh, you know, we didn't even get a chance to mention. We've got a second here. Notre Dame, how about your fighting Irish today? I'm even repping the school. How about that? Man, it was it was fun. And the reason, so, okay. You were pretty, I felt like you were very pessimistic about them. Oh, uh, yeah. There yeah. was, they're going to get mean, rolled. I was like, you definitely said that at can least Can I once. be honest? I was yeah. just being a Debbie Downer because I really yeah. wanted that game tomorrow so I could sit at home, have yeah. a couple adult beverages, watch it on the couch with audio because there was, it was like do or die for me today. 
because I could either come in at 1 p.m. Yep. or noon, which is way too early, because then I'm in the way of our good guy, P.J. Glasser, or I come in a little bit later because I had to do the uh, Zach Gelb show. So I like to be early. I'm not one of those guys that shows up at 6.45 for a 7 p.m. show. You think Dave You're Matthews? You're a professional. You guys think Dave Matthews and the band and Carter Buford show up five minutes and just write out the set list? Oh, no, they're there at 2 p.m. But, uh, yeah, that was a big win. And why it was so big, and, and really quick, these, some of these bowl games do matter. Notre Dame finally is building something, right? They have all these guys coming in through the portal. They have all these guys coming in um, through recruiting. You can't lose any of these guys. You got to ball out in your bowl game, yep. win big. You know what I mean. So that's where some of these games I think do matter. Sure. And you see some guys, some schools lose some of their guys because they don't perform. It's Bet MGM tonight. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to Bet MGM to place a better three. This is Bet MGM tonight, presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL.